This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Well, good Monday, everybody. I am Glenn the Geek from Ocala, Florida. And I'm Jamie Jennings in Norman, Oklahoma. You're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for June 27th, episode 2961, brought to you today by the World Equestrian Center. Good morning, horsey friends. I have good news and bad news for you on this Monday morning. First, the bad. It's Monday. But the good news is really good. Jamie and Glenn are here to guide you through another week filled with horse talk and a whole lot of fun. Welcome to Horses in the Morning. Well, coming up on today's show, we have Beyond the Ribbon Spotlight rider Charlotte Merrill Smith is joining us. She's been to a couple of things since we talked to her last, including a... a uh, A very important show in Tryon she's going to tell us about. Plus, uh, the Congress is making progress on horse welfare. We'll chat about that. Jamie's going to help us. I've had a couple of listeners ask, can I get my horses trained up for fireworks in a week? So we're going to talk about that and what you have to do to desensitize your horses to fireworks. Uh, And also, we have some equestrian first world problems. And in the auditor post show, we're going to talk about first jobs. I had the auditors post what their first jobs were, uh, you know, first real paying jobs. And we're going to determine whether Jamie and I could actually do those jobs. So that's coming up in these are not salaried jobs, right? These these are are hourly, hourly jobs, like when you were in high school, usually for most of us. So We'll chat. I don't even know what your first job was, so we'll talk about that too. Well, there were two critical votes in the House on horse protection bills last week. Uh, the subcommittee on get this name, the subcommittee on consumer protection and commerce, and the House Energy C- and Commerce Committee voted on legislation to ban soaring in the Tennessee walking horse industry and slaughter of horses for humane human consumption. The two measures uh, are are what we've been fighting for for all this time, and they were voted and approved to leave committee, which means, as best I can tell, they go to the Congress now, they go to the House for a vote. So the first one was the All Soaring Act, the Past Act, which we've talked about, which would basically ban soaring. And then the second one was would produce a permanent ban on domestic slaughter of horses for food and prohibit their shipment abroad for that purpose. So both of those head to the House right now. Uh, we'll see. I mean, they'll get through the House because one of these, the SAFE Act got through the, or the PAST Act got through the House already once before in 2019, never got brought up in the Senate. So it's going to be in the Senate that's the question. The president will sign whatever. But uh, the Senate is where there's going to be a question on whether these get through. But there's better hope now than there ever has been in the past that these will happen. So keep your fingers crossed. This kind of ties into something I saw, uh, uh, I think it was in Horse and Hound. The World Horse Welfare uh, Organization commissioned an independent survey of the general public and their perception of horse sport. And the findings were exactly what Jamie and I have been saying for 12 years, that if we don't address the issues in horse sport, we're going to have a problem. 20% of people do not support the continued involvement of horses in sport of any kind. 20%. 40% only support horse sport if welfare is improved. 
So that means that 60% have a problem with horses being used in sport. Wait, 20, no, it says 20 people do not support right. the continued involvement. But 40% only support horse sport if welfare is improved. So, so unless, 60% say they're fine. Well, 40% say they're fine. So 40 and 20 is 60. So 60% of the people have a problem unless we improve it. And only 40% say they're fine. So, you know, it's it's amazing. I do post things online, you know, the training and stuff. And I have had one particular person who was like telling me that I'm cruel because I use bits and because I have horses that come into stalls at times and that like the, the this crazy and the, the horses should have the right to say no because they need body autonomy and they need control of their own body and i was like cool um so like when my horse starts paying to shoe itself and paying to feed itself and like actually scooping the grain for it and like doing that, then cleaning horse, his own stall. Yeah, clean your own stall. Then you can do whatever you want. As of now, I only ask for yeah, like an hour. Yeah, but those same people don't believe we should have dogs and cats or fish either. So, That's true. I, I mean, That's they're true. the same people. But this is a high number, and you know, it is a cause for concern. It's what we've been saying all along. I wonder if we had done this survey twelve years ago, what it have been? And it's what we keep saying: we have to improve. If you know, yeah. if. If people's perception, whether right or wrong, it's perception is reality, right? I so, went to one type of show in Arizona, uh, a particular breed show, and I was shocked at some of the things people were doing to their horses. Well, so I, you I, see I, it here with lunging, an hour and a half. They'll be out there lunging the horse in the heat oh, before the God. show. An hour and a half, you know, just round and round and round and round and round and round and round, round, round. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah and it's not any one discipline. You know, that's... That's a misnomer too. We've said it all along here. Yeah. Every discipline has has their their characters that are a problem, right? It's true of every discipline that has trainers that are a problem. They have riders that are. A pro- it doesn't matter the discipline. We just all have to do better. Or this number is going to be eighty percent, and then we will have a problem, yeah. right? The, so. the, you know who you are, you people. They're not listening to this show, though. Our listeners so welcome are awesome. to Welcome to a fun Monday morning, everybody. Hey, let's lighten it up. Do daily winnies. Let's go. All right, daily winnies. We have a bunch of birthdays right now, especially our auditors, Jill Eckes, uh, Bronica Moore, Brooklyn Smithson, Aaron King, and our favorite announcer friend, John Kyle's birthday as well. So happy birthday to all of you. Speaking of amazing equestrian sports, the Hickstead Derby took place over the weekend. And if y'all don't know what the Hickstead Derby is, please Google it. But congratulations to Ireland's Shane Breen. He won the Hickstead Derby over the weekend. And not only did he win it, he came in first and second. (laughs) So, I mean, amazing. That's the one with the great big bank. With the big bank and all these jumps in the water and they're like fences and there's like, I mean, it looks like a five foot bounce, which is a jump, one stride jump, I guess, in and out. It's it's ridiculous. And it is it has got to be one of the toughest things ever. So he won on a stallion, a 16 year old Holsteiner stallion. Um, I'm sorry. Let's see. 
Yeah, so he won on the stallion, Can Yamakin, and then the, the the horse he came in second place was just amazing as well. I think had like one fault in the whole entire thing, Golden Hawk. So anyways, very cool. If you haven't seen that, please go look at it. Google Hickstead because it's ridiculous. We're going to try to get Victoria Spicer on who works with Hickstead. She comes on with us from England to tell us about it. And it was just awesome. Awesome. So that runs for a couple of weeks, right? It's not just one weekend. I think it's a couple of weeks show. It's a pretty big event. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, what's really cool actually is that one of the other Hickstead challenges, three people tied. Okay. And instead of doing a jump off, all the people were like, you know what? We're just going to share first place because we want to save our horses. Like talk about good horsemanship. I mean, come on. You know what? We'll just tie. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. It's just awesome. So anyway, Hickstead Derby, Google it, YouTube it. So did you see that the Queen's horse uh, won the Supreme title at Hickstead? That's so cool. I don't know what the Supreme title is, so I didn't cover it. I don't know what they do in the Supreme title, but I do know what they do in the Derby, and it's bad, eh? Yeah, so uh, it being her Jubilee year, it's kind of cool that one of her horses won the Supreme Yay. Whatever the Supreme title is, we'll have to get her to explain that, too. That whole uh, Jubilee thing, do you know that none of us, nor our children, will ever see another Jubilee like we just had? I mean, never. I mean, it can't happen. Like it's a, it's like a couple. Yeah, Charles is like eighty already, so he's not going to reign for seventy years. (laughs) Yeah, it's crazy. It's it's, what what an what an accomplishment. Sorry. Anyway, love the queen. (laughs) Love her. All right, let's talk about firework time. So I saw that uh, uh, Jessica posted in the auditor room. She won't mind me saying this. She was taking a lesson the other day in a ring, and all of a sudden, firecrackers from the neighboring property start to go off. This was in the middle of the day. Mm. And her horse bolts, you know, uh, because it is kind of expected in the middle of the day, or unexpected in the middle of the day, you know, on a random day. It's like a bomb going off. Yeah, so uh, her horse bolted, she managed to get it back under control and all was fine, but uh, then then the neighbors proceeded to do another round, and she said they could clearly see our ring. Oh, God. People are idiots. They're just idiots. (laughs) You're in Florida, a bunch of rednecks. Watch this. Hey, y'all, watch this. Oh, you have your share in Oklahoma. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And that is, it's crazy. So, so this technique is something that I Well, first question is, out. do they have time to do this in one yeah, week? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got time. You got time. But you got to get started today. A week from today is July 4th, which yeah, means you, this weekend's going to be a nightmare. So I learned this not by trying to do it. I learned this by mistake. All right. So I had my makeover horse, Groot, lost my way, was my makeover horse. And I wanted to... I decided I was going to shoot bows and arrows from him. Like I'm not an archer. I don't know how to do this, but then I was like, okay, great. Now I can shoot bows and arrows from him. How can I make this harder? I was like, you know, it'd be really cool is if I could shoot bows and arrows from his back while I was standing on him and popping balloons on the target. Like who would think of something like that? I don't know. I just was bored, I guess. So I just moved to Oklahoma. I was bored. I did a death wish. So I decided to like start teaching. I'm like, how can I get this horse to let me pop balloons from standing on his back and shooting the arrow? Hmm. Okay. So what I did was I would feed him 
his grain and all the horses come up and they all get their grain at the same time. And then I stood kind of in the middle of the barn aisle, not right next to him. And I would blow up a balloon <laughs> and pop it, which is cringy, but you got to do it. And then you, while they're eating and then they, they're like, holy crap. And they pin themselves against the back wall. Like, oh my God. Oh wait, I'm still alive. Nothing happened. Okay. Well, I'm going to go back and eat my food now. So they go back home and ready to eat their food and pop. And oh my God. Well, guess what? After about five of those, they don't flinch anymore because they've realized that nothing happens. So I was like, I'm going to now take the target and attach the balloons to the target and shoot them in the barn aisle while the horses are off to the side eating their grain. Thank God I was at least good enough to get it somewhat straight. So I'd pop the balloons while they were eating and I would shoot them. And this was going to be my first 4th of July in Oklahoma. And when I lived in Arizona, people went crazy with the fireworks and the horses would just lose their mind. And so I'd always lock them up and it was just crazy. And so uh, I didn't really know. I'm kind of on a farm. I didn't know how they were going to be here. So anyway, I'm still training this horse to pop balloons while he's eating and after about three days, I'm popping balloons and nobody cares. They don't even stop eating. Again, <laughs> pop it. <laughs> pop it. You know, once they go back to eating their food and they're like, oh, I didn't die. Okay, cool. And so I started doing that. And then July 4th came. And I was like, eh, it'll be fine. Like, I'm in the middle of nowhere. Who's going to shoot off fireworks? <laughs> but you are in the middle wrong. of nowhere, Oklahoma. So. I know I did not plan on every redneck in the, I don't know, surrounding 100 miles. Well, do you have a fireworks. tent with fireworks being sold on every corner like here in Florida? Well, I, yes. Now I realize that. Yeah. I don't know why I didn't know. I just didn't notice. It. Anyway, so I'm sitting on my porch and the fireworks start going off. And I was like, oh God, we got to bring in the horses. They're going to run through the fences. And by the time it took me to walk from the house all the way to the barn, I've no, nobody, nobody's even looking up. Like they don't, they don't care. Like there's no flinching. I actually took video last year of one of my horses, Drax, standing underneath fireworks grazing as they're going off above him in the distance. That horse has never seen fireworks. I cannot shoot bows and arrows from his back. I've never tried. But the fact that I was popping balloons in the barn affected all of the horses. And they, all of a sudden, an explosion directly next to their face is a lot worse than an explosion off in the distance. And I, all of a sudden, I was like, oh, my God, they don't care. Why don't they care about the fireworks? <gasps> it's the balloons I've been popping in the barn. I'm a genius. Wait, I'm not a genius because I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> it was just secondary. So. You guys that board at facilities. Well, I was just going to say, if you're bored, make sure you ask. You got it. Yeah. Talk <laughs> yeah. to them first. Be like, hey, I've got this idea. You can claim it as your own. And I, I've heard this works. And maybe, you know, it might help your horse, too. And some people might be like, no, don't do that. Well, then you can know that they're an idiot. So anyway, uh, feed the horses. Stay in the middle of the barn blow up a balloon, pop it. And now I'm like to the point where I like blow up a balloon, pop it, walk down to the next horse. And I will literally stand right outside their stall where their head is in the bucket right in front of me and blow it up and pop it. And if anybody reacts, you're my target for the day. And so all of them are hearing it. And then I may focus on being closer to one, but 
if you can pop a balloon in a horse's face and they don't care, a firework is going to be no big deal. And again, I'm, I was just, I'm just as shocked as you are that it works, but you got to, you got to get to work because it's the 27th and we got till yeah, it'll start this weekend. Guaranteed Friday, yeah, Saturday, it, Sunday, Monday night. It'll be four days this weekend is when it's going to happen. It's Monday. So, you know, if you've already, they've already been fed this morning, do it tonight, you know, feed yeah. them a couple times a day. And that's what I'm doing now is I started this morning because I have two new horses in the barn and they haven't had the, the training. So what's really cool now is that some of the other, like Duke, 29 years old, he, you thought I, you would have thought I was lighting a fire on his tail. Like he was so scared. And now he's like, I don't care. Nobody cares. Like my three. Well, now he can't don't hear care. anymore. So. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. He doesn't, he doesn't care at all. You know, what's funny is my Jack Russell, who is about 112 years old. He gets so anxious when you start popping the, and, and you pop the balloon. And when it pops, it kind of like splatters. So you have to pick up all the pieces, but he will attack any piece of balloon that hits the ground. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like I'm going to kill it. I'm like, I already killed it. You're just collecting it for me. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> so just be aware of the dogs that are around and the other animals and the other humans, let them know you're going to do it. But it, it's, it's crazy how effective it was. And again, I, I didn't mean to figure that out. It just happened. And it was just a result of all of that. See, we we had it uh, different here in Florida when we moved here because the farm we were at when we moved here and for eight years had a gun range on the farm. Oh, yeah. So they get used, to, you know, after about an hour of uh, hearing guns go off, they're just like, oh, well. <laughs> so no, I didn't die. They're okay. not, they don't, they don't even flinch anymore at all. I mean, I could shoot the shotgun in there and they wouldn't flinch. It's just they didn't care anymore. They, yeah. they got really immune really quick. <laughs> so, uh, Well, horses don't want to expend any extra energy if they don't have to. And so well, neither do they I, very quickly – Yeah. <laughs> Pop balloons around you. You don't even care. No. <laughs> uh, the, the thing is, like, after a couple times, they're like, oh, but this is the perfect time to start. You got plenty of time. Just get going. Well, it's like when you go to a new place and you're sleeping and you hear a noise in the night, you wake up, right? But you hear a thousand noises a night at your house and you're like, oh, I'm not going to get up for that. Whatever. It's fine. <laughs> so you, you tend to ignore it. Hey, before we get to our our, our guest today, I wanted to we, – last week we talked about a very cool property in Lexington that was for sale. And then I came across this article about the largest ranches in the world. So, do you want to hear about some of the largest ranches in the world? Are they for sale? Can I have them? Well, I, I, for the right amount of money, yes. You can, okay. you can buy anything for the right amount of money. Uh, so, number five on the list of largest ranches in the world. Now, these are all in the United States, I, I think. Nope, this one is not. Uh, so, number five on the list is a name I can't pronounce, and it's a dairy farm in China. Uh, <laughs> This is correct, apparently. 22 million acres. What? Good Lord. It's China, you know, so it's probably run by the government. Um, but yeah, 22 million acres. I didn't even know if you can count that. There's a next one and a name I can't pronounce in South Africa. It's 200,000 acres. And they said it's one of the biggest and most beautiful ranches in the world. It's a, um, 
an English entrepreneur owns it, uh, and there's wildlife all over it and all of that kind of stuff. So, yeah, that's that's one of the biggest. Um, then there's one here in, of course, a lot of them in Texas. Uh, the Wagner Ranch in Texas is 535,000 acres. By the way, I learned a very difficult lesson one day on a show you weren't on when I asked a, a Texas rancher how many acres they had. Apparently, you're not supposed to do that. That's what? considered really? Rude. Yeah, see, in the English world, don't you – one of the first things when somebody buys a farm is you ask them how many acres they have, right? Because You're not it's supposed usually, to ask a Texas farmer you, that? You're not supposed to ask any Western farmer or rancher that. Apparently, that's only an English thing where we ask each other how many acres. Wow, that, all I know is that, yeah, why don't you want to tell me like, yeah, uh, apparently what's going it's, on here? It's like asking how much money they have in the bank. It's like asking a girl how many horses you have. Yes, like, or what their bra rich. size is. So <laughs> I think it goes to what bra size because I got I got like we stopped the interview and I got told. So apparently that's just the thing you don't do. But anyway, the Wagner Ranch uh, is. Here's large... Glenn walking up to somebody. <laughs> yeah. When are you due? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the largest ranch in Texas under one fence. Apparently the whole thing's completely fenced in. Uh, it was bought by the current owner, a billionaire named Stan Kroenke, uh, for $725 million in 2016. It goes across six counties. <laughs> so there you go. It focuses on oil, cattle, and horses. Wasn't that what all ranches do in Texas? No matter how yep. many acres? Um, yep. Yep. So number two is the Ted Turner Ranch, and that is 550,000 acres in New Mexico. It's diverse landscape, gorgeous mansions, uh, apparently lots of wildlife, 1,200 bison. Um, it offers rec- – it's Ted Turner Ranch, so it offers a recreational and conservation activities with 19 fishable lakes – a horseback riding, all kinds of different stuff. Uh, they have animals including bear, elk, bison, and mountain lions. Um, so there you go. They offer uh, public workshops, tours, and seasonal festivals at the Ted Turner Ranch there in New wow. Mexico. And, of course, one we uh, we all have heard about, and we heard about it recently, is the King Ranch. And that is in Texas, spanning 825,000 acres. That's the one that was for sale. Wasn't that? No, that was the Four Sixes Ranch that was for sale. Yeah, that the, yeah, the, that, that that was... the uh, Tombstone people bought, right? Not Tombstone, uh, the the Yellowstone. Yellowstone, that's right. I tried watching that the other day. I tried starting at episode one. Do you you watched it? No, I couldn't get. I watched episode one. I couldn't get through it. Me I was like, I and I know a lot of people are listening, going up. What? That's What's so wrong amazing. With you too? I'm like, I know that there's horses don't whinny when they're full galloping. <laughs> and the other thing is, like, I'm like, uh, you can just murder people in like 2020 or whatever year. Like, you can't just. You can't just kill people and not go to jail. Like I don't care where you are, and the but the one I did like was 1883. Yeah, you and know I want to try. Precursor. I got that now. I can try it. So it's fantastic. I fantastic. I just had the same problem with Yellowstone with that you did. I had the same problem in episode one. It was like I don't really want to watch 100 episodes of this. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it gets better. And I, yes, people are calling us wusses and wimps right now. But we also, neither one of us watch horror movies, so there's that either, too. So you can call us whistles and wimps about that, too. Too stressful. Too stressful. Yeah, so uh, let me see who else is on this list that stood out to me. Um, 
There's one in Australia. You would expect more in Australia. Because Australia is like Texas. You know, it's kind of got the same thing going. Um, there's one in Australia and another one in New Mexico that's 156,000 acres. So, yeah, some big ranches out there in the world. But now, learn your lesson, boys and girls. If you're on the English side, don't ask how many acres they have if they're wearing a cowboy hat. That's not good. I had no idea. Mm, now yeah, you that was just lesson. you. No. No, this was one of Tara's episodes where we're doing the Western episodes, and I actually asked somebody, and she stopped and said, "Cut! No, you're not. You can't ask that." <laughs> oh my god! No, that's is it because they're like leasing land from the government and they can't say it's theirs? And all I like... was told is it's you know it's like asking the worst of things. How much do you weigh? <laughs> So I never did it again. Now, if I know they're English, like all the time, like one of the first things I asked you when you moved into your farm was how many acres it was. Yeah, 20,000. It's a yeah. lot. <laughs> <laughs> Largest farm in Oklahoma, right yep. there. Amazing. Jamie's house. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what is large. They have almost 5,000 acres, and that's the World Equestrian Center. Uh, that's probably one of the largest uh, spans of property owned by one person in Ocala, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, they have many non-horse events there, but they uh, obviously do a ton of horse stuff. I noticed that a couple of our auditors actually came to visit uh, Ocala over the weekend, and we're at the World Equestrian Center watching the jumping, because the USEF premier hunter jumper show is going on right now. I noticed that our very own Kayla is over there jumping. It's got to be hot. Um, you know, they wait have... till she has her equestrian first world problem. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. Yeah. They have $3.5 million in prize money going on for the 10 week run of this show. And they have the big uh, Saturday night shows, Saturday night kind of under the lights thing, which would be probably cool enough to actually sit there and watch. And uh, they apparently pack the place every Saturday night. It's full of people watching the big wow. Grand Prix. So cool. They just finished their 41,000 square foot veterinary hospital run by the Florida College of Veterinary Medicine, and also their new magazine, new edition of their magazine is just out, and I'll put that link in the show notes. You can go read it. It's free to read. Their cover article is on show jumper Olympian Will Simpson, so check that out as well. There's a lot of variety, and if you're in the Ocala area or you're driving past, stop at the World Equestrian Center, and now I know a lot of you are because I've noticed you posting. It's a must-see. Go to worldequestriancenter.com to find all the details on what's coming up. Our guest today is Beyond the Ribbon Spotlight para writer Charlotte Merrill-Smith. Hi, Charlotte. Hi, guys. Thanks for joining us today. We really appreciate it. So, Charlotte, we talked to you last, well, we talked to you last about Hope Hand, but uh, when we talked to you last about your competing, you hadn't been to these events at Tryon yet, and you just did a CPEDI three-star dressage show at Tryon. How'd it go? Great. It was, yeah, it was super fun. Um, It got better every day. The first day was not as good as it could have been, but then I improved by a couple of percentage points each day. So I was in the seventies by the last day. So how um, many times will you do a test at a show like this? It's one test for three days. Okay. I mean, it's a different test each day for three days. And is freestyle one of those? Yep. So para has a team test an individual test and a freestyle. Gotcha. And what was your music for the freestyle? Um, it's to the the movie Lady Hawk. Okay, I'm trying. I have to so look that up. Music to Lady Hawk. Yeah, apparently I had never seen it either, but it's sort of like 
in the um, Princess Bride sort of. It's a classic 80s movie involving a Frisian and a hawk. How have you not seen this movie? <laughs> oh, so you've seen it. Fabulous. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've seen it now. It's it's pretty darn good. <laughs> That's funny. Um, Handsome man galloping on a Frisian with a hawk attached? Come on! <laughs> <laughs> So, Charlotte, this is actually uh, this was actually a qualifier for the World Equestrian Championships, right? Yeah, it was a final observation event for the U.S. team. Any chance? Yeah. Okay. Well, I didn't I know if so. they had named it yet or not. I didn't. No, they named the team on July first. And you got a shot. I certainly hope so. You'll know by Friday. Isn't that exciting? Where are the World Equestrian yes. Championships this year? They're in Denmark um, for dressage, paradressage, and show jumping. They're in Denmark. That's cool. That's cool. You've been to Denmark before, haven't you? No, I have not. I've actually traveled. I've been fortunate to travel a lot in my life, but I've never been to Denmark. Well, that'd be cool if that was your first trip and you got to ride. Yeah. That'd be cool. Well, uh, well, congratulations. We all have our fingers crossed for you, and it uh, looks Thank like you. we'll know by, by the weekend. Um, uh-huh. Now, also, you hung around for a few extra days and did what was called a high-performance symposium. What is that? Yes, yeah, so um, you had to have certain scores um, to be invited or be eligible for it, and I had the scores, so... So on Monday, we went on a boating trip so we could give the horses a day off. And then on Tuesday and Wednesday, we rode with one of the judges stayed after to help us, Sarah Litch. And then also the team chef, Michelle Osseline. And so we rode our tests again for her and prepared the horses like we would for a test and competition. And then she gave her feedback um, and we were able to redo parts of it. Uh, if we didn't, we could just get help on you know, one thing and one movement and get the judge's perspective. And so it was great. Um, yeah. What, did, what was the biggest just, takeaway you had out of it? I got to go for more. Mm. And the coolest, one of the coolest things about my horse is that she does exactly, or not always exactly, but she does what I ask her to do. So if I am like, this feels nice. She'll be like kind of plain and like, she's always good, but she just looks plain. Then when I ask her for more, really spice things up, she's like, okay, I can do that too. Um, so it was really helpful to get, to have Sarah to be like, just keep asking for more. Cause my horse just keeps giving it to me, which is awesome. You really have developed. You, how long have you had this horse? Not long, really. I joke that the check cleared on tax day, uh, 2020. So April 15th, coming up on two years, not even two years yet. Yep. And so you, you really have formed a partnership with this horse. Oh, she's just so awesome. I'm so fortunate to have her in my life and have the support team that I do. And, um, cause she loves, I can really tell she likes me. She loves my mother and Ruth Hogan Polson, who I ride with. Um, She's just great. Well, you looked long enough. You spent two years looking for the horse. <laughs> was... Yeah, I did. <laughs> it saw... was worth the wait, though. <laughs> you put in your trial and tribulation just finding one. So that was. So yep. I'm so glad that you found one that you really have formed a partnership with, and it's going to maybe take you around the world. Well, she already has. We went to Germany 
last year when we were reserved for the team. That's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. Well, we're very proud of you. Congratulations, Charlotte, on everything you're accomplishing. And hopefully we talk to you next week and you're telling us about a trip to Denmark. All right. Sounds good. Thanks so much for your support. All right. Thanks, Charlotte. Attention horse owners, are you looking to help your horse recover with ease after a strenuous workout? Would you like to nourish your horse and their digestive system? If so, try the new Purina Replenimash product. It's much more than a mash. Replenimash promotes hydration, replenishes electrolytes, and supports gastric comfort. Put Purina's research to the test. Stop into your local Purina retailer and grab a bag of Purina Replenimash product today. Hey, I saw this interesting study that took place actually in Turkey, and it is three thoroughbreds and three halflingers were used in an experiment, okay? So, I remember uh, being with a horse equine ophthalmologist, and she always said that the horses could see blue and yellow the best. That was the best color they could see. I feel like they could always see green because they always know right where that patch of uh, green grass is, right? Exactly. (laughs) Scooter can find that greener grass every time. Every time. So here's the thing. They did a study to see what color water buckets horses prefer and will drink from the most okay so what they did is they lined up on a fence let's see i see a turquoise one a blue one a green one a dark green one a light green one a yellowish one and a red one and what they did was they took these water buckets and filled them up and every there were three meters apart and every day they shifted them and moved the buckets kind of like around Mm. so it wasn't always in the same order and what they realized is that the water consumption from the lighter toned buckets was higher than from the dark ones. I wonder if it's because of the temperature of the water. But anyway, turquoise and light blue was used the most. They were drank from turquoise and light blue the most of all of the studies. Okay, six bucket colors, red, light green, yellow, green, light blue, turquoise, measuring the water every single time, turquoise, light blue, the way that they did, they have it actually the the order of it. The preference was from the turquoise the most, and they measured all the water they drank. And the red buckets had the lowest water consumption. So for those of you whose barn colors have red in it, you may want to reconsider teal is where it's at. Turquoise, they said, hey, that's a mixture of blue and green. So maybe, you know, that's the visual thing that horses can see. Um, and the, the 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 vision of the horse might have something to do with the different colors. And if they take away the turquoise next time, maybe a different one will be used. But they're going to continue to do this. But it just gave me thought, like, of all the – I have so many red water buckets. Well, you just end up with the buckets you buy. You don't even think about it, right? So I buy whatever's on sale. Exactly. My barn color is clearance. That's what it's called. <laughs> uh, so I, – but now maybe a little bit of a heads up, like light blue and turquoise is It is, is true. Is if we have two buckets hanging in the, in, in the barn or in the paddock, they always drink one and not the other. The other is always the backup second one. It's true of every time. And they're you know different what? colors. That needs to be a t-shirt. My my barn colors are clearance. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta write, we gotta write these things down. <laughs> write that down, somebody. I need a shirt. <laughs> but yeah, turquoise and light blue, interesting. I mean, I have dark blue and red everywhere and dark green too. But again, if you think about like the temperature of the water, maybe I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what it means, but it, it, I do know that I have a, a 
black muck tub and one and it's next to a blue one and I fill up that blue one a lot more. I didn't even think about that until right now. Hmm. Look at that. I don't know either. That's that is interesting. And it makes sense because they're always going now I'm gonna have to note if it's the lighter colored buckets they're drinking first. What's amazing is there's a published study that was taken from six horses, just six. So we could all do better than that at our barn. Like this yes. is a nationally published, internationally published study, and it it studied six horses. It is so, good to move them around because I think horses are creatures of habit too. So if you're always going for the end one, you're always going to go for the end one. But apparently this showed that it didn't matter. They would always go for the color. Yeah. 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 That is interesting. It's Uh, time, Glenn. It's time? All right. Well, let's do it. It's time for the weekly look at your equestrian first world problems. This ought to be good. Yeah, these are problems that actual people have decided to let me know about. And I'm really glad that they're releasing, you know, from their shoulders, the weight and burden of these issues. And these are our listeners who are auditors. I put up a post on the Facebook page uh, before the show starts at some point and just asking like, hey, what's going on today? What are you doing? And then they all uh, let me know what has happened in their life. So, Glenn, um, if people want to participate in this and become an auditor, what do they do? What's it cost for a Starbucks cup of coffee nowadays? I don't I don't drink coffee. Uh, $47. <laughs> so for a lot less than that, <laughs> you can become an auditor. For less than one cup of coffee at Starbucks, you can become an auditor. Join our uh, super secret Facebook page where everybody's having conversations about everything, including us. We're always in there chatting too. So uh, also they get additional content like the post show that we're going to do right after we're done with the regular show today. I do special uh, videos shows in there. Uh, We have a show called WTF that's kind of a psychology show that we do in there. So there's lots of special things you get being an auditor. Go to horseradionetwork.com and click on the auditor banner in the upper right-hand corner of the page. And you also get to tell us what your serious problems are. Okay, it's very sad. Uh, I've decided to do something a little different this week, and I'll probably try to carry it through. I want to award a winner. Okay? (laughs) There's like two that are really close to winning the biggest problem. I mean, it's obviously a problem. You should have something good come out of it. And (laughs) the winner of Equestrian First World Problems is going to get a check in the mail from Glenn for $1 million. That's right. That is correct. I will send a (laughs) fake check for $1 million directly to you. Um, Yeah. So let's start with Kristen. See, the reason you know that's not true is because (laughs) Jamie would ask for the million dollars before any of you got it. So that's how you know that's not true. I want the $1 million, but Glenn's (laughs) going to send it to you because I'm a giver and I want you because you've obviously suffered from something. So if if Uh, you won the lottery, you would share it with me is what you're saying? No, but I didn't think so. The person who won the equestrian first of all, I didn't think so. Uh, So Kristen said, I wanted to take both my horses to a a horse trial in August, but I got asked to assist at a clinic that same weekend. And apparently it's like a huge compliment to be asked. So now I have to work instead of show. Girl, please. They tell you it's 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 an honor. (laughs) So you'll do it. Go show your horses. Take baby Zara out there and spin her around. Jessica says, life and we're, by the way, Kristen's horse is baby Zara and she did go out and in her first ever horse trial won the whole thing. And I want to tell Kristen that I contacted the breeder and let him know. And they were so unbelievably excited. Oh, yay. 
Yeah. Um, and I would also like to say that uh, Zara's full brother is for sale. Uh, <laughs> Jessica said that life and work is keeping me from being consistent with saddle training my chonky five-year-old myself. So now I'm having to send her to boarding school with a really cool trainer. And apparently I have too much cash in my wallet. <laughs> Get to work. Uh, Olivia said my mare's finally home from the vet after a very scary huff injury and is on stall rest. However, she decided one sympathy friend isn't enough. She's got to have two friends to keep her company and she will not settle for anything less. <laughs> that's a lot of, that's a lot of stalls to clean. Yes. You know, a lot of stalls. Uh, Laura said the surgeon said I could start walking my horse under tack. I should be ecstatic, but that means no lunging first. And that seems like a potential way to die. <laughs> <laughs> well, if it's a surgery, it's been a while. So yes. Yeah. 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 Take it easy. Kayla. Here's Kayla. This is Kayla's first of all problem. We mentioned her earlier. She says, I didn't want to do like the big class this week with my horse, but it looks like I'll have to do it because it's so stinking hot that a, an 8 a.m. class is way better than doing a smaller one in the middle of the day. <laughs> so she's like, I've got a show. I'm just going to jump the giant one because it's at eight in the morning. <laughs> That's so funny. Uh, Patricia said, I'm too tired. She obviously doesn't care about dying, Kayla. No, she doesn't care. She's brave. Patricia says, I'm too tired after watching a horse show in 90 degree weather yesterday to do anything with my horse today. (laughs) (laughs) Julia says, I'm almost too ashamed to write this. That's always a good start. But here goes. I bought an Icelandic horse. That will be imported in September to spare her the hot summer in Massachusetts. But I'm visiting Ocala right now for the first time. And now I want to live here. But I just bought a Nordic troll pony who will hate it. (laughs) Yes, your Nordic pony's going to die in the summer. Yeah. You can't take a Icelandic to Florida. <laughs> Diane says, I just bought a brand new girth, but I ordered the wrong size and I had to like wait for the new girth. And now I have to wait for the extender to get here. <laughs> Jillian, I spent all week. Oh, this is so great. She was close. I spent all weekend bailing hay. And then my horse choked yesterday and now he's not allowed to eat the fresh new hay. <laughs> Hey, by the way, I just bailed my pasture. I'm so excited. How much did you get? See, or am I not allowed to ask that? Yeah, it's rude. It's like, (laughs) I I don't want to tell you how much I weigh. I'm not pregnant. Uh, No, I, we have bailed 10 acres and I got 20 round bales off of the 10. That's pretty good, huh? I'm so excited because I used about 40 last year. So if we can do a second cutting, I'll have all my hay done. Now, granted, it cost about $400,000 to get this hay, but at this point, get it. Like, like the hay guy was like, you could sell it for like 120 bucks a bale. And last year they were 80, you know, mm. because it's really good sprayed, good, healthy Bermuda grass. And it's hard to find. So I was like, no, I'm not going to sell it. Cause then I just have to buy, buy some it yeah. and then pay to have buy it. Buy the crappy here. stuff. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, no, I'll keep it. But what's amazing is like, he's like, you're not going to make you like, you're going to have in it almost as much as you, you get out of it. And I was like, that's okay. what he charged you to do it. Yeah, because I had to pay for what it had, but we also had to like take care of the fields. There's like stickers that are in Arizona, so you have to spray for the stickers. You have to fertilize. You have to do all this stuff. I've been like literally on my hands and knees talking 
to the blades of grass for the last Well, like, and you know, it, we've months. had this conversation before. It's like having a garden with vegetables. By the time I put all the time and effort and money into growing the tomato, I could have bought a bushel. But dear God, that tomato's good. <laughs> and that's the bottom line. Um, Elizabeth actually emailed me one, and I, I just felt the need to repeat it. This was also one of the potential winners. She finished in second place, so she only gets a check for half a million dollars from Glenn. Uh, when I finally got tired of not being able to wear open-toed shoes in 100-degree summer heat, I went for my first post-pandemic pedicure and got talked slash shamed into getting a gel manicure, too. Well, horse girls don't get manicures because horses were ruined. They said, even horses won't ruin this. Gels are indestructible. Want to bet, my mare said? Within 48 hours after the manicure, I managed to get horse hair wedged under the edges of the gel. So now my fingers look like they have tiny little whiskers. <laughs> She said, next time I'll have them paint the nails with a horse face. And then it totally makes sense. <laughs> I got a pedicure this weekend and they were like, you need manicure. And I was like, no, no, I don't. Thank you, though. <laughs> I'm good. Um, let's see. Next. Uh, Danielle, I love this one just because I'm getting nothing accomplished at home because all I want to do is watch the videos on Monty's University and go to the barn to practice. Who you was know that, what? Danielle? She was there, Danielle. wasn't she? Yeah. Uh, what you can do, Danielle, is you can actually download them on your phone and watch them while you're practicing, which that'll save you some time, right? Um, <laughs> Laurie, Kroger was completely out of baby carrots, so I had to buy big carrots and then cut them up for my horse. <laughs> <laughs> that is a further and, question first oh uh, yeah oh my god you have to cut them up Anna said it's beautiful out this week but I'll hardly get to ride because I'll be at my parents lake cabin for the fourth she ended up enjoying some time in the lake uh, some uh, let's see let's see let's see I wanted to go to mama's done Jessica says I took Thursday and Friday off from work but I don't think I'll be able to ride because the neighbors aforementioned neighbors are blasting off fireworks too early. Mm. Like when you're riding. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. We discussed that. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. Carrie says my horse will not keep his long nose fly mask on. So now he has to get sunscreen on his adorable pink little nose. <laughs> Neither I've one of him. us will keep their fly masks on and they're not even out with anybody. I don't know how they get them off. I really don't. I, it's amazing. So, so Miles, my Andalusian, oh dear God, he's as round. He looks like a blueberry. He's so round. So I was like, that's it. You've got to go on to the muzzle. And then you put the muzzle on and he takes it off. Or you put a fly mask on and he takes it off. So I've got the green guard muzzle with the halter that you can buy that goes with it. It's got like a strap that goes down the forehead and like off the side, which first world problem, his forelock is gross. But I can put the fly mask on and then I put the muzzle with its special halter over it. And it's like I super glued it. For some reason, this horse cannot get the really? muzzle and the fly mask off. It's like, it's like almost, and it's a long nose one too. And it's almost encompassing his whole entire head. And he looks so completely So he has the fly ridiculous. mask and the muzzle? And he the muzzle. He looks like a stormtrooper or something. <laughs> he does. Like and I'll take a picture of it later because and the fly mask also has ears. 
So he's like got the ears that are covered, and and that's I think what helps keep it in. I don't know if like crim. And then of course like he sees the muzzle coming, and he doesn't want it, so I put some grain in the bottom of the muzzle, probably undoing all the work that I did to keep the muzzle on. But now he'll like put his face in the muzzle, and I can put it over the fly mask, and it is like super glue. I don't know what happened, but I'll take a picture so you guys can see it and try to emulate it if you need to. Little hot tip there. Um, let's see. Uh, and then the final winner. Is this the winner? Okay. Of June 27th, 2022. Get the checkbook Equestrian out. First of all, probably get the checkbook out. It goes to Maya Lopez Grassi. I'm sure you don't say that. Just Maya. Um, last week, this is a little bit of a long one, but it's worth it. Last week, I spent a day doing my usual Zoom and conference calls from the barn so I could fit in a ride. Yay for flexibility. Aside from the flies, it was a very relaxing day at the office. And then she starts a video meeting with a new client where she was doing most of the talking. I inhaled a fly mid-sentence. I had to decide in a split second whether to try and hawk a fly loogie or swallow it and chase it with a slug of water. I chose the latter, took a swig of water, and kept on talking. I felt the fly lump in my throat <laughs> oh, for hours. Oh, so I had a fly fly in my mouth when I was riding and I vomited off the side of Edward when I was riding him and I was like children around. I was like, Bleh! like, Oh God. Oh God. The fly. Oh God. The fly. And then to feel it and throw for hours, I would have. Totally you are a vegetarian. Killed. So I can see the problem. Oh, so gross. <laughs> now there's a, there's a viral video that went around about a, a guy in Oklahoma and he's a news reporter and he's down doing a news story at some like school and he's on camera and he's like very professionally. Yes. And then ladies and gentlemen, this happened, blah, 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 this happened. And then he's like, Oh, blah, blah, huh, oh my God. Cut that. There's a freaking fly just flew down my mind. It is not safe for work. And to see this big dude, like lose his mind. I want to come to this country ass place. Like, like freaks out. So Google reporter, Oklahoma, bug in mouth and you will see video again if it's not the edited version it is not safe to work i couldn't find the edited version so i couldn't play it on here because it is the guy gets very <laughs> upset um but it made me think of that and um congratulations maya because you swallowed a fly and did not in front of a new client vomit on screen like i would have done you now get glenn's one million dollars congrats <laughs> uh, you look for that in the mail um, <laughs> it's on its way, baby. It's, it's, yeah, I wrote that check out right now. Wait till somebody like reports us to like the 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 podcast version of the FCC, and they're like, you can't make fake promises. <laughs> well, it wasn't fake. I told them they'd be getting a fake check. So <laughs> it's all fake. It's you know, speaking of throwing up, they built this billion dollar ride that just opened at Epcot Center here at Disney World. Really? It's for Guardians of the Galaxy. It's a Guardians oh. of the Galaxy ride. And it's a roller coaster, but apparently they use new technology where the cars spin in addition to the roller coaster part. Oh, dear God. So 
and, and then you get all these visuals and every well, people have been throwing up like crazy when they get off the. <gasps> oh my god! They have all this high tech equipment, and there's like cleaning vomit off of it. Yeah, Apparently, they had to move guys. the garbage cans right by the exit because there were so many people. Th- Can you imagine being on duty? Oh, you get the end of the roller coaster today. Oh my <laughs> god! Don't give me the last shift on the Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy. Oh god! Hey, uh, this at the end of the show we. I wanted to mention that tomorrow will be the Horse Illustrated episode. We have some good, fun guests on that show. And also, of course, we'll be giving away our prizes, $400 in prizes this week. On Friday, we'll be doing uh, really bad ads and giving away the prizes. So get your ads in. You have this week to get your ads into jenniferhorseradionetwork.com to be included in the drawing. But at the end of the show, sometimes we talk about movies and TV. You're a big Marvel fan, or at least your son is. Um, did you We're see the Marvel new— family. Yeah, the Doctor Strange. Strange uh, multiverse thing. Did you see the movie? I, I did see it. I saw it over the weekend on TV. And now I'm going to preface this. You know it, but some of the listeners might not. I do not like time travel movies. Well, I learned over the weekend that I do not like multiverse movies even more than time travel movies. Do you know what I don't like is zombie movies. And <laughs> we, we both failed. That, that movie was terrifying. It was, it was awful. It was hard to follow. I just didn't like it at all. We, neither one of us liked it. We made fun of it the whole time. I, it just was awful. And then they were making vague references, to, like the four people were in the other. I just, it just, I, the multiverse seems like, okay, we're running out of things we can talk about in superhero movies. So let's invent something. Let's call it the multiverse. I just I couldn't do the zombie thing. The story's pretty cool. I thought it was pretty cool the story and how they do all that. I don't understand it, but the end and then the bonus scenes and the credits, like that's all like leading to something. So I always think like when I'm watching it, I'm just watching a, a pre yeah. prequel. Well, this one definitely else. seemed like we got to make a movie with Doctor Strange in it. What can we do? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean it was it was. It was interesting, um, but strange. Yes, uh, really weird. Um, and there were zombies, and I just I don't do zombies. I I closed my eyes for a good twenty minutes of that. Yeah, see, I didn't have that problem. I just was like, oh, it was just I don't know. Anyway, um, that was uh, one thing I wanted to mention. Was whew, I was glad I didn't spend money to see it. <clears throat> Well, I have it's my just quote. on TV now. Like it's a, it's on Disney Plus right now. Yep. Oh, see, I didn't know that. Now I'm gonna have to watch it again. Thanks. Yeah. Good luck with that. So we're gonna hang around for if you're if you are an auditor, hang around for the post show because we're gonna be talking about first jobs and there's some interesting ones. All right. So I have the quote to end the show, and this is from Alan Cohen, and he said, "Do not wait until the conditions are perfect to begin." Beginning makes the conditions perfect. And that was true when we started Horse Radio Network and this show, because conditions definitely were not perfect. And look, we're still here. We are. Spade, neuter, gallon, everybody. 